Welcome to Conscious Corner, brought to you by Conscious Coaching Inc., the divorce show that talks about divorce, families, and everything that goes along with it. So, hello everyone, and thank you for listening. I want to give a shout out first and always foremost to my team, Joel at East Coast Studio, who makes it sound great every week. You can reach him at eastcoaststudio.ca and to the Music Assembly for providing the music at the beginning and end of our show, and you can reach them at themusicassembly.com. So again, hi everyone, and thanks for listening. So today our topic is on a moving from divorce now to the other part of divorce that we sometimes don't actually don't talk about often enough is the step parenting part. So step parents, obviously after divorce, many people get remarried. And if you have kids, you often and get remarried to someone, they are now a step parent or maybe you marry someone who has kids and you are now a step parent. And there's a lot of issues around that. And that is part of the whole conscious coaching family as well, because that is an aspect of divorce that happens after divorce. But typically, if you're a step parent or if you have a spouse who is the step parent, it's because of divorce. You don't become a step parent unless someone has been divorced. So it is all encompassing. So today I'm going to talk about disciplining your children as a step parent. So it's a topic that I have experienced in my home being a step parent and my husband who has experienced it being the parent and how he deals with that. And I often get this question a lot with clients and a lot of people who write or call. So I thought it might be a good time to address it because discipline children, I mean, for for the most part, disciplining children in any family is always a difficult thing because, you know, you could have very different opinions of how to discipline a child, of what to do, what to say, what punishments should be, whether there should be a punishment or not. So it's always a difficult thing, no matter what type of family you're in. But when you're with a step family, and particularly if you're a step parent, the issues and the worry, and really it's a worry, it's almost at an anxiety level worry of what you should be doing becomes heightened. And it's often a time where you actually almost feel paralyzed and very shut down. So I'm going to address this. So I'm going to tell you as a step parent, and this is something that I have for years continually struggled with because you never really know to what extent you should even be involved in the discipline of the children. And for me, it was hard because I am, I know it's really funny because my parenting style for parenting is very different than my husband's. And because he's a biological parent, that always became such an issue and a delicate subject to talk about and to deal with. So so what I did, and I'll say this, that this is just for me and every family, you have to find your way, but I'm going to give you my experiences because maybe you can take some tips from that. So what I did was I was just myself because, <laughs> and I'll explain in a few minutes what that means, but I was just myself because when I got into this relationship, 
I knew it wasn't going to be easy. I knew that it came with a whole level of baggage that other people would never have to deal with or experience. And I chose it. But I also chose it knowing that I would always have to be myself. And being myself means being myself in every possible way. So when I have to deal with children, I have to be myself with them as well. I have to be free to say the things that I want, to express my views and opinions, and even to show my emotions. And it's okay if you show emotions of frustration and anger and upset and getting mad because those are real emotions. And Everyone experiences them, even the kids. So I chose that I, no matter what, am going to be myself. And so what that also meant was that when it came to discipline, I was going to be myself. So in our home, now the kids, of course, kids, kids are always pushing the boundaries. And this will be in every home. They're pushing the boundaries. And that is a normal thing for kids to do is push the boundaries and limits because that's how they know what rules are what social norms are, what etiquette is, like all that stuff. And that's how they learn it. And they won't know it unless they push those boundaries. So that's all fine. But I have my own limits. And so, and I know what my limits are. So if the kids cross the line in certain areas, or if they do something that I find rude and disrespectful, I very openly tell them. Now, how I tell them might be quite different than what my husband tells them and how he would tell them. So I'll give you an example. So when they were really young, we often, we would teach them, you know, having family dinner is a very important thing. And we wanted to teach them, you know, table manners and table etiquette and things like that. And my stepson is a jokester. So continually, you know, would do funny things. And again, being a kid likes to push the limits and push the boundaries. And often kids of divorce like to push them even further because they are between two homes and because the lifestyle in both homes are very can be very different and the rules can be different. Children of divorce often like to push those limits even further because they want to see the reactions to see like how far they can get within each home. And often they can go a little bit further being a child of divorce than they can, than, you know, their peers who may not have a divorced family. So my stepson often, so we're, you know, trying to teach table manners and table etiquette and things like that. And things that you, you know, you just don't do uh, while you're eating. And one of the things is burping. And I know many boys, little boys who this is a big thing for them. And so this was a thing for him, and he prided himself in seeing how long he could burp and how often and how he could make himself burp and things like that. So, you know, we told him very nicely that, please stop doing that. You don't do that at the dinner table. Please stop doing that. That is not appropriate for the dinner table. Please stop doing that. And eventually, like, he continued and continued and continued, and every dinner it would be something more, and or it would be louder, or it would be longer. And you can see in his face, it was very purposeful. And so it got to a point where I got really frustrated. Sorry, that's my dog drinking in the background, if you hear him. He always has this knack of, 
as soon as I start is when he has to, you know, either drink or eat or do something. Anyway, I apologize, but this is my this is my counterpart, Sydney. So anyway, we're at the dinner table and it got really extreme and I couldn't take it anymore. And I can tell my husband now, his discipline style, he doesn't often get upset or angry. And I'll tell you, sometimes that annoys the crap out of me because sometimes you just want someone just to just to be angry and just to like say it out for a minute and get it out and then you can deal with it. But he's not that type of man. And so he would very politely, kindly ask all the time, you know, stop that, please stop that. That is not appropriate. I already talked to you once. I talked to you twice. And so my stepson wasn't listening. So at the dinner table, I lost it on him. And I basically said, can you shut the hell up? That is not appropriate. I don't ever want to hear it again. And if you do, you're not eating at this table. So it was a very stern voice and he looked at me and everyone froze. And of course, everyone froze. And for a minute, I kind of held my breath because I thought, oh my God, oh my God, what did I do? But you know, you get to a point where you've reached your limit. And as a step parent, you always wonder, and I wondered, I thought, oh God, did I cross my boundary line? Did I, did I do something that I shouldn't? And so, of course, for the rest of the dinner, it was quiet, and then nobody was saying anything. It's as though, you know, we just heard that there was a death in the family, like it was silent. So I didn't know what else to do at that point. I felt terrible, and I felt actually really worried. And so afterwards, the kids went off to their rooms, and so I talked to my husband, and I told him, I said, look, I'm really sorry that I had an outburst like that but I couldn't handle it anymore and I couldn't handle him not listening to you. And so, I mean, I love my husband and thank God that he is the man that he is. And he's like, no, that's fine what you did because he wasn't listening and he wasn't getting it, right? And so I eventually, and I thought, okay, but was it good of me to lash out? And is that my role as a step parent to enforce that type of discipline? And so- I talked to my husband about it afterwards, and I'm like, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do. And after him and I, and he's like, okay, he said, well, for something like that, like that's such a small, immediate thing. And it's not, you know, it's not something that's super life changing. It's not something that, you know, that is one of those big life moment things, right? So he said, that's fine. Like he, and you have to be yourself. And that's what he said to me. He said, you have to be yourself. So, and he said, Leah, you live in this house too. You're going to have your own your own thoughts and rules on things. He said, it's fine. He said, if it's something really big, then of course we have to talk about it and figure out how we're going to deal with that or discipline for that. But then what do we do, right? And he said, if it's for small things, he's like, be yourself. So if you're pissed off and or you've hit your limit, like let it out and say it. And so I felt comforted in that and I thought, okay, that was fine. And, you know, sometimes as a parent, and that's the biggest thing for me is that as a parent, I may not be a biological parent, but I am absolutely a parent because I still look after these kids when they are in my home as though they were my children. And why shouldn't I? They're the man that I love. They're his children. They're part of him. I chose to be with this family, so why wouldn't I look after them in that way? And so when I took that on and accepted that, that also came with that I'm going to parent them. Because guess what? 
they're not my kids. They're not, I mean, they're not my friends. They're not my buddies. I'm not the favorite aunt and all of that. Absolutely not. I'm actually more than that. I am the one who's with them all the time, just the same. I'm the one who's who's taking care of them and looking after them and, and mending them when they're sick or hurt and listening to them. So as part of that, there is that part of discipline because a child needs that sometimes as well. And so I took that on fully and I thought, I'm going to be myself. So that's an example of when they were little. So as they get older now, of course, you know, different things, different scenarios, different boundaries and limits that they push. So as they get older, another thing, another thing was I have my own boundaries and limits are when I'm talking to you, you don't walk away. (laughs) And I find that incredibly rude. And so, especially as teenagers, I know a lot of teenagers, and I can vouch for this as my friends and colleagues have all said so. As a teenager, for some weird reason, they think that when you're talking, they can just walk away. And so that sends me bananas. And it's also because of how I was brought up. I mean, there would be no way in the world that I would ever walk away if my dad was speaking to me, right? That is... Like you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even think of that. So it kind of floors me that kids nowadays often feel that they can do that when their parents are speaking to them. But so another scenario of where I didn't know if this was fine or not was in that respect boundary. And so, you know, I'm talking to, I'm talking to my stepkids and it's something, it's something pretty serious. And oftentimes it's something that they don't like. And I remember this very vividly. It was a few years ago. I was speaking to my stepson and it was something that he didn't like. And I basically was telling him like his behavior is so inappropriate and he didn't like what I had to say. And so he just got up and walked away. So that sort of moment in me where things go from zero to 100 kind of flared up. And I called him back and I called him by his entire full name. And you always know when parents call you by full name that it that is trouble, that they are super pissed off. So I called him by his full name and I said, you get back here. I'm not finished speaking to you. And don't you ever be that rude or disrespectful to me. And anyway, like he froze. And then I thought, and again, again, I was like, oh my God, did I cross the boundary line? Is that something that I can be telling him? And like I said, again, I thought I'm a parent in this home and there should always be levels of respect. And so I thought, yeah, it's okay. And even if other people were going to be upset with me, it's going to be okay because there has to be, they have to know what their limits and boundaries are for that. So that was okay. Now, there are times where it is big moments in life and things that you might have to discipline and ground and things like that. So there was one time where my stepdaughter wasn't listening. She got a cell phone, and this was when she was younger. She got her first cell phone, and I remember my husband saying to her, like, you can't be on it all the time. At a certain time at night, it has to be turned off. You're not to be texting people after a certain hour because, you know, you have to be respectful of their family and time. And so there were some rules that he implemented. Well... I noticed that she was sneaking and not following the rules. And so anyway, my I told my husband and 
He kind of danced around the subject and didn't really, and again, because he's not, he's not the type of man that really likes a lot of confrontation, so he talked to her about it. And he talked to her about it, and it seemed as though they came to an agreement. Well, a few days later, I find out that, and see, actually, that she is not listening, and she's sneaking the phone and texting people at certain hours. And, and so... So he wasn't home. So I had to call her out on it. And I saw her because I actually saw her doing it after the hour that that he implemented. And so basically, I then went into her room and very calmly and said, what time is it? And she told me the time. And I said, and what is your dad's rule? And she told me the time. And I said, well, thank you. I now have your phone. And so I took her phone for a few days. And that was her punishment. And again, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, oh, crap, you know, these kids are going to hate me so much because I'm not their mom. I'm not their dad. I'm just the stepmom. And like, oh, my God, is this something that I should do? And so I, again, I told my husband and he was totally fine with it. But I always have those thoughts in my head and think, oh, my God, did like these kids are going to hate me? Did I do the right thing? But then I continually have to stop and think about it and remind myself and say, Leah, you are an adult in this home. You are also a family member and you are also a parent. And it doesn't matter. In my opinion, it doesn't matter whether it's something that comes from their parents or that other valuable parent in the home. Because at the end of the day, you're all working together to make those kids the best kids that they can be. You're working together to make those kids the best adults they can be. And you as a person, by way of marriage, have been invited into that family to be part of it wholly. And if you can't be wholly in a family, then there is no purpose for you being there. And they actually will not respect you in that way if you're not. You will always then just be that person on the sidelines. And I feel as though a lot of step-parents, and I say this truly from my heart and from experience, a lot of step-parents, they often say that they feel like they're on the sidelines, that they feel that you know they don't really have a say, they feel that nobody hears them. But I question you and say and ask, are you actually putting your whole heart into it? Are you actually immersing yourself in that family wholly. Because if you are, there should be no reason that you would ever feel like you're on the sidelines. And even if that means that your husband might disagree with you or your wife might disagree with you or the ex might disagree with you, because you have to be you. You have to be your authentic you in that family. Otherwise, you will always be on the sidelines. And it shouldn't matter because you accepted that family and they brought you in. Whether it be the children or not, the husband or the wife brought you in, that is now your role, your family. So on another note regarding that, there was a time where I didn't actually know what to do with the kids because because I did feel like that. I felt I'm on the sidelines. I don't know what to do. Because as a step-parent, you do go through a whole range of emotions and they... They come and go at certain periods and sometimes you feel fully immersed and sometimes you do feel as though you're on the sidelines because as a step-parent, you are always questioning yourself constantly, constantly, whether you're doing the right thing, whether you should just be that friend, where you should just be that parent because it is a struggle and it's not easy. So there came a point where I thought, oh, okay, 
I don't really know what to do or how to deal with the kids. I'm going to talk to their mom. So I talked to their mom. And one thing she told me, she was like, well, Leah, you know, leave the discipline to their dad so that any time there's anything to discipline, you refer to him. Go talk to your father or he let him be the one to implement things. And at first I thought, okay, you know what, that's, I'm going to try that because maybe that will be a better way for them. Because there was a point in time, like with every teenager, there are hard transitions. There are hard times in their lives where they just become really defiant and really mouthy and are really moody. And so, and it's hard to handle those moods. And that's for any parent, any parent regardless of who you are or what life you have, any parent. So I did that, and and I thought, okay, I'm going to try that. It might be a better way. But guess what? That way was not good for me because I felt even more stifled. I felt not authentic at all. I felt like I was some other person, and it didn't work. And you know what? Because I think I've been with the kids for so long, it didn't work for them either. When I constantly just refer to their dad— they would just ask me and come to me, well, why can't you just tell us? Well, why can't we just do this? And why can't, and why can't you just tell us what you think? And so it became difficult. And it was at that point that I realized they actually want to hear my opinion. Even though they might fight me on it, they want to hear it. So I thought at that moment, I'm not going to do that. That is not working for me or for my family. And so I then went and continued on with my authentic way of voicing my opinion and voicing my views and voicing my concerns and also being mad when I actually was mad and when I told them. Now, that being said, there are moments where I got, where I have been really upset and probably have said some things that I probably shouldn't have or maybe responded and my reaction was extreme compared to what the situation was actually like. So there have been those moments. And what have I done in those moments? I literally have to take a minute. I have to suck up my pride. (laughs) And I go and talk to my stepkids, whomever I had the issue with, and apologize. And apologize for my reaction. I don't always apologize for maybe what I said or for the reason behind I the way I reacted or for my discipline, but I will respond I will apologize for the type of reaction and sometimes for the things that I may have said if it came out quite terribly. And if I swore at them, sometimes as an adult, like they piss you off so much, it just comes out. And so so I have apologized for those things. And let me tell you, it is really hard And as a step-parent, I can imagine for any parent, it's really hard to kind of have to take a breath, suck it up, and go and apologize to your kids. But as a step-parent, it's even harder because you never really know if they're ever going to forgive you for that. And you always wonder, is that going to be the thing that throws them over the edge and that will ruin our relationship for good, where they're going to remove themselves and not want to be around me for good? And that's always in the back of your mind. It's an unfortunate thing that step-parents have to go through and think about all the time is that wonder of, are they actually going to like me? Are they ever going to leave me? Are they actually going to hate me? And that's a continual voice in your head all the time. But you do it, and I did, and I went and apologized. And of course, to my wonderful pleasure, 
I was so happy that it all worked out. And they were good enough kids, and I think we've all raised them well enough that they apologize for their behavior as well. And then we had a good talk about things. And so it all works out. And there are times even when part of my discipline is just sitting and talking to them and is just saying, okay, point out different situations and different scenarios and let them decide and let them actually choose a discipline. I'll give you that example. I, and it's hilarious. I gave that to my stepdaughter a few years ago and she did something that her dad said not to do. And I thought it might be a good way because she is a type of girl who is very independent and really likes to have saying control over her own life and the things that she does. So I thought, okay, well then let her choose her discipline. So we talked to her about it and then we gave her a scenario and this came from me. So I thought, I thought, okay, let's do this. And I gave her two choices and, uh, and then I let her put in her own choice And it's hilarious. If you ever want to try this, kids have no idea how to punish themselves and they become panicked. And I probably shouldn't sound so joyful in that, but sometimes it's like, okay, there's a good lesson to be learned just in that. But so she became quite panicked and silent. And the funny thing is because she couldn't pick out a consequence for herself, she chose one of the two options that I gave her. So that's another thing that you can also try with your kids is let them say, okay, you know what? There's a consequence to your action. Here are my two choices for consequence, but you can pick your own. What would it be? Oftentimes they go dumb. They can't think of it. They, their head goes blank and they can't think and they end up choosing what you want anyway. So which ultimately is probably the best scenario anyway to help them realize, but it also makes them feel a little bit more control. And it also kind of instills in them that, okay, I can't get away with this again because they actually had to sit and think about it. So, but as a step parent implementing that, that actually is a very effective way because you're not yelling, you're not angry. There's not really a time where they can sit there and just brood and say, I hate you. I wish you were never in my family. And trust me, I'm sure they do. Even if you're the best step parent in the world, they at times will think that. But if you allow them to implement their own consequence, they often can't do it. But then they also start to realize what their own self, like their own accountability, their own responsibility. And as a step parent, it's a better way because then they're not blaming you because they actually have time to reflect on themselves. So they're not blaming you. And they're like, okay, well, that's fair. So that's a good way to to discipline your kids. The number one thing I'll say to step parents in disciplining your kids is you have to communicate. And this goes across the board with everything that I talk about on this podcast and on every podcast is communication. Be open talk to your partner, talk to your kids, even sit down and say, okay, look it, I'm in this house. There are going to be times where I'm going to have to discipline you. There's going to be times where we're going to have to implement some consequence to an action. You guys let me know. You let me know if it's working, if it's not, if I've gone too far or not. And there may be times that we agree and maybe times that we're not. But as an adult in the home, I always expect that there will be respect. So even if we disagree, there will always be respect. And you talk to them, you talk to everyone. And first and foremost, always talk to your partner to make sure that you both are on the same page. And if you're not, then what are you going to do about it if you're not? And 
the best thing I can tell step parents is be your authentic self, be true to who you are, because it's the only way to be and the only way that you will have a natural, natural presence in the home to make it feel like home, like a parent, like fully immersed. So be yourself and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid that they'll hate you. They'll love you even more because you are true and kids love true. Kids love authenticity. Kids love it when you're real. And so when you're trying to be fake, they can't connect to that. So be your real self and things will be better. And so don't be afraid. If you get pissed off and you get angry or you have to discipline the kids, do it. It's okay. That's what a family does. And you're part of the family. So I would like to hear from anyone and any listeners out there, if you have a story to share about as a step-parent or biological parent, if you're married to someone, and what happens in your family with your dynamic, how do you discipline your kids if you're a step-parent or if you're remarried to someone new? How does that discipline work? What do you do? What happens? You know, what tips can you share for others? Because we're a community and we're here to help each other. So write to me. You can write to me at leah at consciouscoachinginc.com. That's leah at now this is very long, Leah at C-O-N-S-C-I-O-U-S-C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G-I-N-C.com. So Leah at ConsciousCoachingInc.com. Or you can join my Facebook and on Facebook, it's Conscious Coaching Inc. Send me a message through there and let me know. Let me share. I will share your tips on upcoming podcasts because we're a community and we're here to help and support each other. So that being said, I'm now going to share some tips from our last podcast. So the last podcast for anyone who is listening was on um, how do you transition your children between two homes and how do you make it consistent between two homes so that the back and forth is easier. And so this is part of our community talk where we get to share some stories. And I'm going to share stories of two writers that wrote in. And I'm not going to say names, so I'll just let you know if they're a female or male writer. And so anyway, I'm going to share their stories because you can take that and you can maybe relate and it might maybe give you some tips and help you. So I have uh, a female writer. She wrote in and she said, it's hard being consistent in both homes. My ex really doesn't do or keep up with anything that I do in my home. I have tried to talk to him, but that is also difficult. What I do to make the kids feel less stressed going between both of our homes is always let them see or talk to their dad when they want. I always have explained to them that sometimes the rules will be difficult here and different here than at their dad's, and that's okay. So if they forget what they are supposed to do, just let me know, and it's okay. I also try to keep an open mind and not get frustrated when they do forget things at their dad's because ultimately it is not their fault. I often just suck it up and go and get their stuff or just do without. It's not always easy, but I think we are making it work. And that is probably the truest thing. I mean, it is difficult. And when you are divorced, it's hard. It's hard to tell your ex what to do in their home. And oftentimes you do have very different ways and opinions, which is probably why you're divorced. I mean, there are many reasons and, and that could be one of them. 
And so keeping it open and letting your kids know, and basically, as she said, sucking it up because the back and forth is to help them, not you. So thank you so much for writing in. That is so great. And yeah, and I'm sure a lot of people can resonate with that. So I have another female writer who wrote, I can't talk to my ex as I was in an abusive relationship. My husband still has access to the kids as his relationship with them is different than the one he had with me. I use a family calendar with my ex and my kids so they can see what is going on with their schedule. If things are forgotten by the kids, I have a friend go and get it from my ex. And on rare occasions, I will drive the kids myself. My home is very different from his, so I try and just be consistent in my home and be open to them letting me know how they feel if they find it too different. It's not always easy, but I try and make it as happy as I can. Now, this is a great scenario because there are many people out there who can't see their ex because they have left an abusive relationship. And so what do you do when you're trying to transition your kids back and forth between homes? And so this is a great way. I mean, she implemented that family calendar. It's a great tool to have. And it's great that she has her kids also on the calendar so they themselves can see. So if you have kids that are old enough, definitely put them on the calendar. If they have phones, put it right on their phone so they can see as well. And if you can't go and see your ex or take your kids to your ex because it was that abusive relationship, great. Have a friend, have a third party. That's always helpful. And like she said, she always talks to her kids. So be open with your children. They know that you've left an abusive relationship. So be open with them. And I think that's the best thing is honesty. Be open and honest because then they will understand. And Like everyone else, you try and be as consistent as you can and you hope for the best. And you, if you have that constant open communication, things will get easier and people are more understanding. So thank you so much for our two writers who wrote in, you know, I'm glad to share these stories so that others can hear. And cause you're not alone out there. We're all here to support each other. We're all here connected and we all have a lot of similar experiences. So you're not alone. And that's what we're here for, to talk, to connect, and so that we know that we are together in this world. So thank you for listening, and I'm Leah, and I'm in your corner. 